Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper. Today's episode 96, and we're going to be discussing Elton John's Honky Chateau album for its 50th anniversary. Before we get started, I just want to thank you for stopping by. I know the amount of alone time that it takes to get through a podcast isn't always easy to come by these days, so I appreciate you entrusting me with yours. As always, I encourage you to follow the show on any and all social media platforms so that you can be kept abreast of all the latest happenings pertaining to the show, and the handles are listed in the description. If you have an Apple device and an appetite for a bit more content from me, consider subscribing to Dr. Cropper's Office Hour, the Apple Podcasts exclusive premium spinoff of the show. For $4.99 American per month, you get access to weekly bonus episodes in addition to 10% off of merchandise and priority sequence for topic requests. Should you have any, uh, please feel free to reach out with topic requests or questions or feedback. Whether or not you are a premium subscriber, uh, you just won't uh, necessarily cut to the front of the line. Uh, also, if you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review wherever you listen, those are very helpful to me. And of course, uh, tell your friends if they like this kind of music and you think they would enjoy it as well. All right, so without further ado, let's get into it. So this is my first Elton John episode. I, well, I guess I've known about him since... I was little because The Lion King was my favorite movie as a kid. And of course, he contributed Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I didn't know it was his song then. But, you know, I've been aware of him for a long time and always liked the the big hits. My mom and I went to see him in Hamilton in 2014. And that was really good. And I'd like to catch him on the, uh, the farewell tour this year. I think he's going to be at the Rogers Center here in Toronto in uh, September on the 7th, I think. So, um, I'll probably try to go to that. He puts on a great show and, um, it's a great way to spend an evening. The only studio albums of his that I've heard in full, I will admit are this one, Madman Across the Water and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, but I've heard, you know, lots of hits beyond those albums. Anyhow, so, Honky Chateau is his fifth studio album and the immediate follow-up to Madman Across the Water, which was released on November 5th, 1971, and which I intended to talk about last year, but the schedule was kind of crammed then, uh, as it is now, uh, which leads me to something I meant to mention at the beginning. Um, I don't know if I said it in the Exile episode our last one, but I know I said it on the last premium episode, I started a part-time job recently and that's uh, squeezed the schedule a little bit and I was already kind of behind with the episodes I wanted to get out here in May and June. So I th- I've decided rather than cut things, what I'm going to do is just um, scale back the the level of detail a little bit uh, and not have the, uh, my, my episode outlines be like 10,000 word affairs as they sometimes are for the big album episodes. Um, and let me know, maybe you'll even find that you like the, the more bite-sized approach better. I do think the, uh, 
It's possible the the level of details gotten a little out of hand. It was initially supposed to just be a uh, like a a one off kind of uh, special occasion thing for Working Man's Dead and American American Beauty's fiftieth anniversaries uh, back in late twenty twenty. Just because I happened to have all these ideas flood to me about those two, and then it kind of got uh, grandfathered in as my standard procedure but it's uh it's made it quite an onerous task every time i do an episode about a studio album so uh we're gonna scale that back just for the rest of season uh what are we in season four here um and then uh we'll see how we feel uh starting up again in july yeah season four okay so with that out of the way, back to Honky Chateau. It was recorded in January 72 at the Chateau de Roville outside Paris, uh, hence the album's title. Uh, and the Grateful Dead actually played, speaking of them, uh, played a show there in June 71 after a planned festival in France uh, fell through. So between that and the, the festival in England that they played in May 1970 those were the two like random shows they had played in europe before the europe 72 tour which we will be talking about for its 50th anniversary soon um as i've mentioned several times uh you know last year with 71 there were a lot of great 50th anniversary for studio albums less so for 72 the big one was what we talked about last episode exile on main street Lots of great live stuff happened in 72, but uh, less so on the studio side. But this one, Honky Chateau, is a good one. So anyway, that's just a bit of trivia about the Chateau where Elton recorded this. Um, It was his first album to feature his touring band of D. Murray on bass, Nigel Olsen on drums, and Davy Johnstone on guitars, who all play with him to this day, I'm pretty sure. Uh, previously his label had fought him on this and he had session musicians on his albums, but he insisted this time that his touring band play with him. And I think that was a good call. Hockey Chateau was released on May 19th, 1972, topped the charts in the U S starting a string of seven consecutive number one albums in the States for him, which is quite a feat. And I believe I saw it was recently equaled. Uh, I don't know if about surpassed it equaled or surpassed by Taylor Swift recently. Um, but you know, I would say there's less competition these days as much of a Taylor Swift fan as I am. Anyhow, a uh, really impressive feat and certainly to pull that off in the mid seventies, very impressive. Uh, Honky Chateau went number two in the UK and number three in Canada and it's been certified platinum by the RIAA, which means a million certified units in the States. So the album opens with Honky Cat. I'm not going to read all of the lyrics in keeping with the uh, trying to make these episodes go a bit faster. Uh, basically, it's a guy from the country, as Bernie Topin, uh, Elton's lyricist, is. Uh, this guy from the country ignores the folks from his small town telling him that moving to the big city is a mistake. Uh, in the chorus, they say, um, 
You, you better get back, honky cat. Living in the city ain't where it's at. It's like trying to find gold in a silver mine. It's like trying to drink whiskey, oh, from a bottle of wine. Uh, so, you know, gold is more valuable than silver, and by and large, whiskey, uh, you know, on an ounce-by-ounce ounce basis is more valuable than wine. So, um, you know, trying to... It, you're you're going to be searching in vain to, to find gold in a silver mine, just like they're telling him you'll be searching in vain to find happiness in the big city. Um, interesting how Bernie's tone on this subject changes about a year later on Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, it's, musically speaking, Honky Cat uh, sounds like an opening song at a jazz club. I like the shuffly feel of the drums, spacious and bouncy bass line. The horns give it a New Orleans kind of feel. Some of Elton's playing with the right hand has a slightly oriental feel as well. Cool honky-tonk fills from him during the outro, and his voice is really buoyant and playful, kind of gliding over the mix. Track two is Mellow. Uh, its lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, just celebrating a lazy, mellow afternoon with your lover. Um wrecking the sheets real fine uh, you can imagine what that's about um, some of it's not the you know Bob Dylan level clever um, going down to the stores in town getting all the things we need oh don't forget the beer oh my little dear it helps to sow the mellow seed um, yeah does the trick I guess Beautiful, lush piano playing reminds me a bit of The Stones Coming Down Again, which came out the following year on Goat's Head Soup. A nice organ solo. Uh, overall, it just sounds uh, mellow, true to its title. I will say it might get a little repetitive toward the end. I don't think it needs to be over five minutes long. Uh, yeah. Track three is I Think I'm Going to Kill Myself which uh, is told from the perspective of a disgruntled teenager threatening to commit suicide when he doesn't get his way in terms of uh, access to the car, uh, curfew, all the typical teenage concerns. Um, verse 2, a rift in my family, I can't use the car, I gotta be in by 10 o'clock, who do they think they are? I'd make an exception if you want to save my life. Bridget Bardo got to come and see me every night. And then into the chorus, I think I'm going to kill myself, cause a little suicide, uh, stick around for a couple of days. What a scandal if I died, get a little headline news, etc. Um, it sounds very show tuney, very Broadway. I love the dreamy interjections into the otherwise agitating uh, in a good way, uh, sound on the, uh, when it gets to the, at the end of the chorus on the state of the teenage blues, when it hits the word blue, it goes into this kind of dreamy, uh, shift. Whereas the rest of it, um, sounds like a whiny dramatic teenager. It's kind of like, yeah, agitating. Track four is Susie dramas in brackets. Um, Second song, second time in uh, three songs that uh, toes curling is used as uh, imagery. Uh, 
that's a little repetitious for for my liking. Uh, minor quibble, I guess. The dancer theme recurs from Tiny Dancer off the preceding album, and it uh, continues the country imagery from Honky Cat, but this time the narrator is still in the country. Uh, perhaps it's a, a window into an alternate universe where he listened to the townsfolk and stayed. Um, I'm an old hayseed harp player. I'm the hit of the country fair with my pretty little black-eyed girl living proof as she swirls. She's a dancer. Yeah. I got a fringe front on my buggy. I got a frisky little colt in a hurry and a pretty little black-eyed Susie by, by, by my side. So, uh, yeah. Uh, musically, you got blues rock crossed with a big band sort of feel. It reminds me a bit of Jimmy Buffett, actually, uh, particularly his song Fins, which didn't come out until 79, so uh, much after this. But um, yeah, the, and the fact that it sounds kind of like him fits with the New Orleans influence on Honky Cat. Uh, Jimmy Buffett's sound is another kind of variant of the Gulf Coast sound. Okay, and then wrapping up side one is Rocket Man. I think it's going to be a long, long time in brackets. Um, that That's always seemed to me like something where uh, they, uh, they added the brackets after the fact because everyone was referring to it by that anyway. Um, but I guess not. I've never read anything indicating that. Maybe they just sensed it was going to be a hit and wanted to make it uh, as easily identifiable for people as possible. Uh, anyway, um, I'll read all the lyrics for this one. It's It deserves it. Uh, verse one, she packed my bags last night, pre-flight, zero hour, 9 a.m., and I'm going to be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much, I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space on such a timeless flight. And then chorus, and I think it's going to be a long, long time till touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man, rocket man, burning out his fuse up here alone. And then uh, repeats that. Verse two, Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. In fact, it's cold as hell, and there's no one there to raise them if you did. And all the science, I don't understand. It's just my job five days a week. A rocket man, a rocket man. And then the chorus again. And then on the outro, it just repeats. And I think it's going to be a long, long time, uh, several times. So according to Bernie Topin, quote, the words just came into my head. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour is 9 a.m., I remember jumping out of the car and running into my parents' house shouting, please don't anyone talk to me until I've written this down, end quote. Uh, at the time, space exploration was exploding and Topin was imagining a time in the future where uh, being an astronaut was as normal a day job as any. Unfortunately, this would mean spending most of your time in space. The it's just my job five days a week line connects those dots and is 
brilliant and makes it so relatable. It's like, oh, okay, it's just about an average Joe like me a few years from now. Because at first you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is a good song, but I can't really relate to being an astronaut. And then the astronaut saying, I don't really understand all the science behind this. It's just my job five days a week. And it's like, oh, I can relate to that. You know, I don't, there's lots about my job I don't understand or don't, I'm not super passionate about it. I just, you know, show up because I got to pay the bills. Um, there are also parallels between the rock star and the rocket man and not just in the drug sense, you know, trip far out, etc. Um, but in the sense that they both exist in a sphere of time and space, almost completely separate from the rest of society. Uh, both are away from home for months at a time. Um, you know, retired astronauts and rock stars both report not uh, finding it hard to feel fully at home again uh, in the, you know, the simple life that you left behind once you've tasted what it's like to be in orbit. Um, and then the, the Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids line, um, that, you know, can be taken literally with the, the rock star, you know, guys of the lyrics or the, uh, the astronaut, like literal interpretation, but, um, with the, the rock star metaphor, uh, Mars, uh, meaning like, the lifestyle or orbit of a rock star is a strange and challenging place to raise your kids. Anyhow, musically, the piano chords during the verses have a real sense of liftoff. They sound mysterious and ethereal, uh, definitely spacious. Elton has said, quote, it was a pretty easy song to write the melody to because it's a song about space, so it's quite a spacious song, end quote. Uh, I love his flip to falsetto halfway through the word high in the first verse. I'm going to be high as a kite by then. Uh, the bass enters very melodically halfway through the first verse to lead us into the chorus. The suspense heading into the chorus kind of mimics the countdown to take off. I think it's a great move having an acoustic guitar on the chorus, uh, lending an earthiness and a sense of home to contrast the angelic harmonies and spacey slide guitar and i love the way the acoustic strums in uh and then in the second verse they tease like they're gonna go into the chorus halfway through but then uh, we get the all the science i don't understand part with the addition of a synthesizer fittingly elton's vocals are fairly simple on rocket man but just beautiful um and some parts are definitely a challenge breath support wise. At least I found when I was singing along to it, making the notes. Uh, and I think, uh, you'll find as well. So, uh, would be karaoke people beware. Elton has said it was quote, the first huge single that I had. Your song was a hit. Rocket man was a big hit. It had an acoustic guitar on it. It was a different song for me. It was a simpler sound. I'd moved into a house. I was becoming successful. I was so confident musically. Everything was to do with the music, touring, recording, radio interviews, photo shoots, and what are we going to do next? End quote. Um, I think Rocket Man's probably my favorite Elton John song. 
And then side two opens up with salvation, which is pretty self-explanatory, uh, talking about salvation in the, the biblical sense of the word. It's got to take a lot of salvation. What we need are willing hands. You must feel the sweat in your eyes. You must understand salvation. A chance to put the devil down without the fear of hell. Salvation spreads the gospel around and free you from yourself. Uh, just for example, there's the chorus. So, yeah, uh, gospel style backing vocals, uh, fittingly. Soft but jittery drumming in the verses, then big caveman fills during the choruses. And that kind of drumming is as much a trademark of Elton's sound as anything, I think. So, uh, really wise move on his part to insist that his touring band play on this album. And some very impressive vocals from Elton on this one. Track seven is Slave. I'll read the lyrics for this one. Um, verse one, there's a river running sweat right through our land, through our land, driven by a man with a bullwhip in his hand, in his hand, and I've taken just as much as I can stand, I can stand. Oh, we've got to free our brothers from their shackles if we can, if we can. Verse two, most nights I have to watch my woman cry, oh, she cries. Every day I watch the colonel smile, oh, he smiles. His painted ladies riding in from town, in from town. Oh, I swear one day I'm going to burn the whorehouse to the ground, to the ground. And then the chorus, slave, slave, to fight the violence we must be brave. Hold on strong to the love God gave, slave. Verse 3, there's a rumor of a war that's yet to come, yet to come that may free our families, free our families, and our sons, and our sons. It may lay green lands to barren waste, all to waste, all to waste. Oh, the price of release is a bitter blow to the face, oh, to the face. And then the chorus again, uh, and then a slide guitar solo, and then the chorus again. Um, so it appears to be set in the slavery south, maybe the slave owners, the colonel, and other elites as it were from the town all frequent this brothel where the slave women are forced to work uh, including the narrator's wife um uh, and i th i think the i like how verse three kind of ties into uh the, the previous song salvation takes on more of a a negro spiritual kind of tone there's a rumor of a war that's yet to come that may free our families and our sons. Uh, you know, the price of release is a bitter blow to the face. Um, musically speaking, I, I love the, the mix on here. You got acoustic guitar, steel guitar, banjo, bass, and congas. And then you get the, the full drum kit for the outro. I really love the vibe. It sounds like it's in slow motion in a good way, just uh, sauntering down a back road somewhere in the south. Uh, and it's my second favorite on the album behind uh, Rocket Man. Track eight is Amy, uh, kind of along the lines of uh, Down in the Boondocks by Billy Joe Royal and other songs like that, uh, being into a girl who's, uh, you know, from a, a higher position in society than you musically speaking it's funky and jittery and uh has an electric violin solo that continues the slight bluegrass influence from slave uh with the banjo being on slave 
Okay, and then the penultimate track is Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Um, I guess I'll, I'll read this one. Verse one, and now I know Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say. I thought I knew, but now I know that rose trees never grow in New York City. Um, of course, in in the song Spanish Harlem, it says there is a rose in Spanish Harlem. Um, pre-chorus, until you've seen this trash can dream come true, you can't. You stand at the edge while people run you through. And I thank the Lord there's people out there like you. I thank the Lord there's people out there like you. Chorus, while Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, sons of bankers, sons of lawyers, turn around and say good morning to the night, uh, for unless they see the sky, but they can't and that is why, they know not if it's dark outside or light. So, um, you know, entertainers and corporate people uh, all working their tails off in the city that never sleeps, uh, trying to make their trash can dreams come true. And, um, they say good morning to the night cause they have been working so hard. They're, you know, leaving work in the wee hours of the morning or, um, and there's also the pun of, unless they see the sky, they can't. And that's why they don't, uh, you know, the buildings are so high. They, they can't, uh, really see the sky to tell, you know, when the sun's rising and setting, um, verse two, this Broadway's got, it's got a lot of songs to sing. If I knew the tunes, I might join in. I'd go my way alone. I'd grow my own. My own seeds shall be sown in New York city. Pre-chorus subway is no way for a, a good man to go down. Rich man can ride and the hobo he can drown. And I thank the Lord for the people I have found. I thank the Lord for the people I have found. Um, and then the chorus again, and then it repeats verse one and repeats the that second pre-chorus and then repeats the chorus again. Um, one of the more clever New York songs pointing out how unglamorous living there can be for the the vast majority of average New Yorkers. Uh, it ain't all what friends and sex in the city would have you believe. Uh, musically, perhaps it's the New York subject matter, but it reminds me a bit of Billy Joel at the beginning. Uh, and I know those two might seem similar on the surface, both being, you know, piano based solo artists, but I don't usually find them that similar. Uh, but yeah, I think the New York connection made me, made, made me think that in this case, um, back in the day, my band played New York state of mind once or twice because, uh, Alex, who you've heard from many episodes ago, uh, requested it. And that was fun to play. Anyway, uh, there's mandolin on here, which is a nice touch. And I like that it resists the temptation to burst into a big chorus stays understated. And then the album wraps up with Hercules and I'll read the lyrics here. Verse one. Oh, I got a busted wing and a hornet sting like an out of tune guitar. Oh, she got a Hercules on her side and Diana in her eyes. Um, so the, the woman that he's into is after a, a stereotypical, you know, jock type Hercules, big muscular, uh, protagonist. And, uh, she's on the hunt 
for this man because of the uh, Diana in her eyes. Diana is the Greek goddess of the hunt. Okay, back to the lyrics. Some men like the Chinese life. Some men kneel and pray. Um, you know, some like some guys like philosophy or meditation or faith. Oh, well, I like women and I like wine. So our narrator just likes drinking some wine and getting it on and isn't concerned with those more high-minded pursuits. Um, and I've always liked it that way, always liked it that way. And then there's a, like a doo-wop kind of pre-chorus. Chorus, I can't dig it the way she tees that old tough man routine up her sleeves. Living and a-loving, kissing and a-hugging. So that's cool. Little little Richard nod there. Uh, living and a-loving with a cat named Hercules. A cat named Hercules. Verse two. Oh, and it hurts like hell to see my girl messing with a muscle boy. No Superman gonna ruin my plans playing with my toys. Um, so it looks like the woman is either his ex and is now with this Hercules guy, or he's just um, very possessive over a girl that he uh, has not been with, but would like to to win. Uh, referring to her as my girl. Uh, Anyhow, uh, rich man sweating in a sauna bath, poor boy scrubbing in a tub. Me, I stay gritty up to my ears, washing in a bucket of mud, washing in a bucket of mud. And then the uh, pre-chorus chorus again, um, a few times inter intermingled with a guitar solo. Um, in keeping with Honky Cat, sounding like a show opener at some hip club, to start off the album, this one sounds like a the closer or the encore of the same show. Uh, I love the doo-wop backing vocals in the pre-chorus. I love the three-note motif that the bass, guitar, and piano all play. Um, and great stuttering drum fills in it, too. A fun way to close the album. In terms of general thoughts about Honky Chateau, uh, in keeping with the color of the cover art, it has a nice earthy, unassuming sound and vibe. It subtly incorporates several American, particularly Southern genres, blues, jazz, bluegrass, big band, country. The, uh, the tension between where you are and where you used to be, could be, should be, would like to be, uh, whether physically or figuratively, is a central theme throughout. I like how complimentary the music and the lyrics are to each other. I think Elton made the right call, fighting for his touring band to play on it instead of having session musicians. A uh, piano-based singer-songwriter is not typically my genre of choice, but I've always liked Elton, and it's cool to hear him with a more natural, uh, rootsy sound, just letting the songwriting shine through with relatively few frills. After this, he would get more and more fantastical for several years in terms of placing hockey chateau in his catalog uh, i haven't heard all of them as i said uh, from what i've heard it would be between this and goodbye yellow brick road for his best album yellow brick is definitely more grandiose both musically and conceptually which can be a double-edged sword i think it's easier to be in the mood for hockey chateau in terms of scoring and ranking hockey chateau i'd probably say about a four out of five 
According to acclaimed music, it's the 40th most celebrated album of 1972, which seems low to me. As I've mentioned several times, it was a bit of a down year for studio releases. Uh, I mean, Exile is the most celebrated of 72, as I would expect, but uh, I don't think there are 38 albums that year that are uh, that should be between this one and Exile. Um, it's the 364th most celebrated album of the 70s and 1523rd all time. So uh, I think it's a little underrated. I would have it in my personal top 100 for sure, probably top 75 at least. All right, so that is it. Uh, no questions from the class today because I need you all to send some more in. As I said at the beginning, I encourage you to follow the show on any and all social media platforms, and the handles are listed in the description. If you have an Apple device and an appetite for a bit more content, subscribe to Dr. Cropper's Office Hour. If you have topic requests, questions, or feedback, feel free to reach out at any of the above-mentioned uh, avenues. If you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review wherever you listen, those are very helpful to me. If you're interested in starting your own show, if you sign up with Buzzsprout, my hosting service, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card courtesy of your affiliation with me. You may notice at the bottom of the description, wherever you're listening, the buy me a coffee link, the virtual tip jar. No pressure, of course, but if you feel so inclined, it, uh, it's very helpful for me staying awake as I uh, listen to all of this great stuff to analyze for you. So thank you so much for listening. If you are new to the show, welcome, and I hope you liked what you heard and will stick around. And if you've been listening for a while, I really appreciate your support. In terms of what is coming next, um, this will roughly be the order of the next five episodes. Uh, probably will be the order. I'm not going to like promise when exactly, but... These should all hopefully get out over the course of the next uh, three weeks. Uh, Grateful Dead, Dave's Picks Volume 42 review finally arrived, so I gotta listen to that. Jimi Hendrix Experience, their debut, Are You Experienced, 55th anniversary. The Eagles, self titled debut, 50th anniversary. Uh, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper, 55th anniversary. And The Grateful Dead, uh, Europe 72, 50th anniversary extravaganza. And uh, as you've noticed, we're closing in on 100 episodes. So the big episode 100 will either be Sgt. Pepper or Europe 72, uh, both uh, fitting choices. So I'll, uh, I'll see what I decide about that. All right. Have an awesome weekend, and you'll probably hear from me again by the end of the week, hopefully. And in terms of what's happening on the premium show, I'm going to go record that episode right now, uh, reviewing the Stones' latest archival release, the El Macombo 77 shows, uh, uh, the compilation from the two nights. And then uh, probably the next uh, two months or so will mostly be Stones' On the premium show, I'll do uh, reviews of the uh, the concerts for the the 60th anniversary tour that's getting underway on Wednesday in Madrid, like I did for the fall tour back in uh, September, October, November. All right, so I think that is about it. 
class dismissed.